Day 7 of Denver Broncos training camp has wrapped up, and it was a red zone period for the Broncos. The offense and defense exchanged barbs, but really the main story is an undrafted rookie free agent who continues to turn heads. We're going to tell you everything you need to know about Day 7's practice at the Centura Health Training Center on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so make sure you do us a favor. If you've not done so already, hit that subscribe or that follow button down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of objective Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. Without the hot takes, without the clickbait, you get real Broncos talk right here every single day all year long. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, there's a lot to break down from day seven of Broncos camp, a red zone period for the day for the offense, the defense, and and guys getting really good looks in situations where I think both sides of the ball can benefit from it. But I, we're going to dive into that and the recap. But I feel like we have to highlight one specific player who has just consistently turned heads at training camp and even in OTAs, and that is Jaleel McLaughlin. And in my opinion, every single day that we've watched practice – there's been one or two just massive plays where he cuts into a hole and then, bam, he gets skinny. He's gone. No one's even touching him. Jaleel is for real. We talk about guys like him stacking days at training camp, right, Cody? When you are an undrafted free agent who's only five foot seven, who came from an FCS program at Youngstown State, like you need to stack days big time. This isn't even like... Philip Lindsay, who remember him coming out of his draft class back in 2018. A lot of people were thinking, man, he was a combine snub, man. He should have been drafted. He's got this, that, and the other. He played in the Pac-12, right? I mean, he was a guy who played at a high-level college. Jaleel McLaughlin, very, very productive, but certainly uh, the odds are stacked against a guy like that. Wasn't given the highest signing bonus of any Broncos undrafted player and that doesn't necessarily always matter as Chris Harris Jr. has I mean he plays path, running back he plays running back so it's like you know yeah you, you want to be careful about giving those guys those bonuses there but really Cody it's it's exciting to watch from a perspective of just getting the updates from camp because look everybody's rooting for guys like this even Sean Payton said he's a guy that you root for you know guys like that who show up at what, 5 a.m. or earlier, or whoever knows what time he's... Is Dutch Bros even open before Jalil McLaughlin is showing up, Cody, at Broncos training camp? I don't even know. So I maybe we'll never know because I won't wake up that early to find out. But look, this is a guy that everybody wants to root for. Like, like guys like Tyler Beatty and Jalil McLaughlin, they're going to make the Broncos' decision of whether to keep three or four running backs very difficult. Yeah, I mean, that's the tough dilemma here. And obviously, it sets up a lot of stuff. But let's talk about some of the things that have stood out about Jaleel during camp. He hasn't put the ball on the ground. He is very elusive when the ball is in his hands, whether it's catching a pass out of the backfield, running a route, or, you know, just taking a simple handoff. I mean, there was one play where he took a handoff, hit inside the hole. It kind of plugged a little bit because the linebacker and the safety had come up. He planted his foot. 
turned upfield and then he was just gone. And we were just sitting there. Andrew Mason and myself love sitting there with Mace, by the way, at practice watching things. We're like, yep. Write it in our notebook. There we go. I mean, Jaleel McLaughlin has been a fun player to watch, which I think you kind of teased a really good question here that we're going to ask members of Broncos country as they're watching or listening along here on the show. Could we see the Broncos carry four running backs on the roster? I know this is kind of unorthodox in a sense because of the whole, well, you know, if you have one guy or if you have multiple guys, you have no guys. That whole notion. I don't think that applies to running backs specifically here. And the reason I, I asked this question Jaleel McLaughlin has been terrific so far. And obviously, there's still some preseason games to be played. Tyler Beatty has also been terrific as well between these two guys. Really, I feel like if there were three, it was going to be between these guys. But I feel like right now, and this may be way too early to ask this, but I, I just feel like Jaleel, if you were to subject him to waivers, he wouldn't make it back to your practice squad. That's how I feel right now. And I also think the same thing potentially here for Tyler Beatty. The only thing that you can really hope at this point is that other NFL teams feel the same way about certain guys on their roster. And it's almost like you get time for cut downs every year in the NFL. And there's guys on every team that every fan base is like, if the team cuts player X, like we are going to absolutely riot in the streets. And I think there's almost, I can't, there's this definitely not a hundred percent true because teams do claim guys. It does almost feel a little bit like there's this unwritten rule that's like, hey, don't claim our guys, right? Like we're, we all want to keep most of our guys unless you want to have us start doing that to you. Let our guys get through. I mean, there's certain players that do get waived by teams that they deserve opportunities elsewhere. Stealing guys at roster cut down time seems to be, uh, I guess, if Nathaniel Hackett says there's a glass house for coaches, maybe executives and front office people in the NFL as well. It's like, hey, there's this unwritten rule that you don't steal my guys off waivers. That's not like, like I said, it's not 100 percent true. But for Jaleel McLaughlin, are you willing to risk that? Right. We've talked about that in years past with guys like. Brandon Johnson, Jalen Virgil last year, or, or, you know, you go all the way back and the Broncos did remember they subjected Shaquille Barrett to waivers after his massive preseason. So it's just one of those things where like, yeah, yeah, do you really take that risk? And I'm with you, Cody, if you've got a guy that you feel can contribute, especially if you feel he can contribute right away, don't screw around with the roster gymnastics stuff. Just keep your guys that you want to keep Get the guys that you feel can have a game day role for you in the fold and just don't mess around with it. That's a tough decision for uh, the personnel department, the coaching staff. I mean, Sean Payton even told us that every night he and his coaches meet. Like, I don't think people realize just how grueling training camp is. It's not like after practice ends, these guys all go home. Like, they stay at the team hotel. The coaches stay at the team facility for late hours, get up early in the morning to head to the team facility to do more meetings. Like, this training camp time and even in season for most of these coaches, it's it's 18, 19 hour days sometimes here. And, it, and it's brutal on the players. It's like 10 to 12 hour days for them for the most part in between everything else that they have to do. So uh, it's a tough dilemma to have. I, I certainly don't envy it. And, and luckily, you know, when I was coaching, we never had to make any decisions on cutting people. So that was that was kind of nice to not have to worry about that. But. I think that this is a great problem to have. And I think ultimately right now, this is just what we're seeing in, in training camp and practice. And obviously, yes, practice is practice. But if these guys, if Tyler Beatty, if Jalen McLaughlin continue to look the way that they have and they carry that over into preseason games, 
Sarah, it opens up the door here for the Broncos to have maybe a little bit of a dilemma when they try to structure what their 53-man roster will look like. And then, as you mentioned, maybe they will get different vibes as, okay, hey, this player is going to be okay if we you know, release him. He'll be back on waivers. We'll, we'll put him on the practice squad if they believe in that. It may even happen in another position that they feel like, you know, hey, we're going to keep four running backs. We're going to release this guy, but we know he can come back through the practice squad or whatever position it may be. It also works out that way. So a lot in store here for the Broncos. It's going to be busy, busy, busy time here. Obviously, the Broncos will practice through Saturday. They'll have Sunday off. They'll go Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday next week. Thursday will be a travel day next week. And then, bang, Friday next week, Arizona Cardinals preseason game. We Broncos play, and we'll have you covered here every step of the way here. Locked on Broncos. But the overall emphasis for the Broncos during day seven of training camp was the red zone period. How did Russell Wilson look? Did the offense bounce back from the day before where the defense pressured them? We go back and forth and we'll tell you everything you need to know about the red zone period. You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And in just minutes, you can create a free job post over at LinkedIn Jobs. Then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Make sure you finish out the year strong with the right team member courtesy of LinkedIn Jobs. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Denver Broncos were back at it, working on red zone drills, Cody, at Wednesday's practice at Dove Valley. And how did Russell Wilson and the first team offense look? Were they able to get through this defense or was it another winning day for the defense on Wednesday? We're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about some of the plays that were made. But before we do, just got to say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day and for you everydayers out there you know that we cover this team one through 90 every player all the coaches all the goings on every roster move we're going to talk about it all and you can get that free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as you can watch us on youtube you can join us there see a lot of new people engaging in the comments on youtube so thank you for doing that Thank you for engaging in the comments. Thanks for being part of the conversation on Twitter as well. We're so grateful to every single one of you that chooses to make us part of your day, however you choose to do that. And Cody, we got to talk about this red zone work for the Broncos. It's no longer the gold zone in Denver. It's now the red zone once again. And and we're talking about obviously uh, a day where the offense is coming off struggles on Tuesday, right? It felt like it was a win for the defense on Tuesday. At least that was kind of the vibe. How did the offense look now that we're doing some deliberate red zone work? Did the defense come out and shut them down again? What did you see out there? Yeah, so kind of practice on Wednesday was kind of different in terms of structure, right? It was red zone period, but they did a team period first, not with no red zone work. And in that period, you saw the offense getting some plays there. You saw Russell Wilson. He tried to throw a pass 
to Cortland Sutton. It was a little too high. Justin Simmons jumped it right near the sideline, intercepted it. So obviously, yes, you know, two consecutive days in a row, an interception that counts there for Justin Simmons on Russell Wilson. But after that, let's get to the red zone period here. I think this was a day where maybe it was kind of a split between the two, right? And I think you're going to get different reports from different people. But the reality of the situation is you look at the first red zone series that the Broncos' first team offense had against the first team defense. You saw a play here. Russell Wilson gets the snap. And look, I, hats off to the defense once again, creating pressure on the outside, creating it with stunts on the inside. Russ was able to scramble, get outside, use his mobility for three to four yard gain. The next play, he drops back. There's still some pressure coming around and he steps up and he delivers a great throw to Cortland Sutton for maybe a 10 to 12 yard gain. It gave them a first and goal situation here. And then the very next play, Russ took the snap and all of a sudden pressure coming around. Russ dips underneath and he uses his legs. He runs it in for a touchdown. That is a win. You want to see that. That's positive, right? And you're going to take punches along the way here in the NFL. Now, the second red zone series that they had toward the end of practice, really to end it all, did not go well for the offense here. Now, the first play, there was a pass that was intended for Cortland Sutton. It, it was missed there. Um, I think it was kind of debatable whether or not it was catchable, but tightly contested coverage by Patrick Sertan on that play. The next play, Jerry Judy was wide open. Russ just missed him on a little bit of an errant throw. And then the third play there of the red zone period, you saw nickel cornerback K1 Williams coming up with an interception on Russell Wilson. So the defense won that second series there. They split 1-1 on the day from my scorecard here. But I think the thing that we have to continue to talk about is people will see, you know, I put it out. Hey, Russell Wilson threw an interception to Justin Simmons. People see that. Oh, my gosh, he's throwing interceptions. When did throwing interceptions in practice become as big of a deal as it is. And I think there are some other people like Robbie, Robbie, you know, if you know who Robbie is on Twitter, or, you know, Patrick Coyote, everyone's talking about like, oh, you know, he's throwing interceptions in practice is, is magnified now. And you made a great point in yesterday's show, Sarah. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. But if it's to the point where we are sitting there right here, day three of pads overall here in Broncos practice, and we're saying, oh, my gosh, Russ threw an interception, you know, OK, he's going to be terrible this season. What are we even doing this for? Yeah, you know, like that's the question. It is early. And even Sean Payton himself said that he's not concerned. Here's what he had to say following practice in terms of a practice grade. Oh, you're asking me to grade today's practice? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's had. Today was a nice day. And the temperature's good. We had a good good crowd. Yeah, no, no, no big whoop. I, I, he's, he's doing fine. We all know Sean Payton loves to grade stuff, right? You know, draft classes, free agent <laughs> classes, especially right after it happens, you know? So, uh, no, Cody, I think keeping a level head about all this, really just hearing Sean Payton kind of talk about that, reassuring everybody that it's like, it's really not a big deal at this point. I mean, oh, of course, the context is the Broncos stunk last year. They were so bad. 32nd ranked offense. Russell Wilson signs the $245 million deal. Doesn't look like a $245 million quarterback. You and I are not oblivious to this. We're not oblivious to why people are up in arms over practice interceptions. But you're, it, it's it 100% accurate. You, you have to be able to kind of let these guys do their jobs and work. And then we'll judge the on-field product at a certain point. Like, there's going to be days at practice where the offense looks amazing. And there's going to be days that isn't it funny that we don't hear about practice interceptions during the season, really, right? You know, we don't hear about any of that. It's only training camp when they're really working on stuff, not during the season. We don't hear about anything that goes on at practice really other than injuries, but 
to me, I'm I'm trying to keep as level of a head as possible. And look, I resonate with everybody out there that's wondering, like, is Russ going to be okay? Is everything going to be fine? It's it, we're in that period right now that everything is about to bubble to the surface and, and bubble over, right? The season is about to start. At least the preseason is about to start. Nobody wants the Broncos to go out on national TV, or even if it's not national TV, nobody wants them to go out there and stink again. Nobody wants Russell Wilson to go out there and stink again. Everybody wants this team to be better. They want to get back to winning. They've heard now the guarantees almost from Sean Payton. And I I, I don't say guarantees lightly. I think he he's kind of made some declarations about it's BS that anybody's saying Russ is washed. So should we be worried at this point? I, and we discussed that yesterday. I'm not worried at this point, but it's just like we're everything's percolating to the point that like, okay, we just need to kind of see on the field. Well, even Sean Payton himself said that we're still going through installation on on some things. We're not even where we want to be yet as an offense. We're still installing some things there. I even asked him a question as well about really just the balance as a coach. How do you balance if one unit struggles on one day versus the other? And he says, you know, a lot of it's just going back and you see it happen live and maybe you get away from some things that you don't necessarily feel comfortable with. But it's all about going back, watching the film and then carrying that over. Like he wants these guys to make mistakes in practice to eventually be a point when they're in the regular season and they're in a game, those mistakes don't come up to bite them in the tail. And look, they're getting a good test against a very, very aggressive pass rush that the Broncos have possessed there. But I think it's important that you hear a little bit of insight from Sean Payton. If you're listening to the show about the red zone period, the analogy, right? Cause you're going to read different tweets. You're going to see different reports from people. Some who are like buried in their phone while it was going on, not actually paying attention. And then you're going to get it from the coach himself, how he feels about the red zone period? Um, not bad. I mean, look, um, you know, we're kind of moving the ball on our own, like per the script. And uh, we'll look at the tape that overall I thought pretty good. I mean, look, we got some pressure looks. Um, it was kind of back and forth, but the first red zone period at this end was a little bit higher, you know, further out and then a little bit more in tight on the second one. Once again, we just need to continue to trust the coach, right? Sean Payton, nobody has a bigger target on their back. It's not you and I at our workplace who, you know, you're the workplace Broncos fan and you have to answer for how Russell Wilson played. Sean Payton is the guy with the target on his back. He's got things. If things are going at the pace that he's pleased with, who am I to step in there and say, no, absolutely not. You know, you can't do this in red zone. We can't have interceptions in the red zone. It just let these guys continue to work and, and let's kind of wait and see what's going to happen. It doesn't matter if you're if the Broncos do end up stinking, Cody. Let's just say people out there say, OK, yeah, the Broncos are going to stink. Obviously, Russ is throwing interceptions at practice. Let's say you're right about that. What good does it do anybody? What do you get? Do you get a, a medal for being right about that during training camp as opposed to waiting to see how the team's going to play? Do you get some kind of award for being right about that? Are you going to be recognized by ESPN? I'm just saying just. Let's try to be as optimistic as possible and trust the Super Bowl winning head coach. Yeah, it's going to take some time. It's not going to look pretty at first. And I, we've even been on the record of saying it's like, hey, even at the start of the regular season, Denver may not look how anybody wants them to. But I think under Sean Payton's vision and direction, they can get there. Will they is another question. We'll just have to wait and see. That's what we're here for. We appreciate you so much, Broncos country. There's some other things that you need to know about if you didn't pay attention to yesterday's practice. Some housekeeping notes, including an update on Broncos rookie cornerback, Riley Moss. He's going to miss some time, but with what? We'll dive deep into that in today's episode, Locked on Broncos. 
This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of fantasy football drafting month. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Media Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back, and it's bigger than ever. With $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. Day eight of Denver Broncos training camp is approaching us, but we have to go through some housekeeping notes from day seven in Dove Valley. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you whether you watch us on YouTube or whether you listen wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free so you never miss out. Uh, for the last few days here at Broncos camp, there's been a lot of questions. Where is Riley Moss? Well, yesterday at practice, Sean Payton gave us an update on the status of the Broncos' third-round rookie cornerback, and he's going to be out at least four weeks, Sarah, at this point. And Sean Payton said that he had core muscle surgery, which is another phrase for dealing with a, a sports hernia, having it surgically repaired on. One of the best guys, I think it was Dr. Myers that did it, one of the best in the entire world at doing that. So he should be back in about four weeks, five weeks, potentially six but that also leads us into the regular season. So how might that impact roster fluctuation? Well, that's where the new cornerback signing from yesterday came in. Fabian Moreau had a pretty solid day at Broncos practice, some one-on-ones. I like to hear that, Cody. Obviously wishing Riley Moss a speedy recovery there. I was kind of worried for a second as there was a little bit of uh, you know, question of why are they holding him out of practice? What is going on there? Sean Payton was being pretty hush hush about it. I kind of started to think about, you know, the movie heavyweights, a scenario where Joshua Birnbaum gets sent home and they're like, Hey, campers, Joshua Birnbaum is no longer with us. His bed is now available. That's kind of what I was thinking was going on there, but thankfully it's just an injury. It's nothing uh, crazy off the field going on. And it sounds like he'll be okay. With the betting stuff going on right now, we were a little worried at first because that's Yoma Wazarike, the more stuff that came out. Iowa, like the kicker, I the know. kicker got pegged. Yes, that is exactly where my mind went, especially from the minute I heard some Iowa athletes were involved in that. I was like, please, please, God, don't let it be Riley Moss. You know, not, not that I yeah. want it to be anybody, but all those guys, you know. So thankfully, that's not what it is. And if you rarely are you thankful that a guy is injured. But I mean, in this case, it could have been. I guess worse, arguably. So good to hear that Fabian Moreau was able to step in. I know Sean Payton talked about really liking his physical style of play. That's something that you're going to get from Riley Moss as well. So clearly the Broncos and Moreau should be noted. He plays mostly outside corner. So mm -hmm. that could mean that Jaquan McMillan may be doing a little more inside and outside. I don't know. Like Cody, you, you said a little bit of Jaquan both. Looking good, a little bit of both. So, hey, I, I mean, I'm all for him getting as many chances to make the roster as possible. Pretty loaded cornerback room, all told there. It's a good problem to have right now. And, and I think the depth in the secondary, safety, at cornerback, it's really good. 
right now, even like we've talked about it, the linebacker depth has been pretty good, but there is definitely a question mark right here as the Broncos are awaiting to find out a little bit more on Jonas Griffith, the injury he sustained a couple days ago at practice. No word just yet, I imagine. The team might already know, but until they make like a roster move, if they do have to do that or we see him back at practice, I don't think we're going to find out there, but obviously we hope Jonas Griffith is okay, but that makes the linebacker room Josie Jewell Alex Singleton, Drew Sanders, Justin Sternod, and Seth Benson at that point. And Ray Wilborn, who looks pretty athletic, has been moving pretty well during practice. So Denver right now, I think they feel like they're in a really good spot with where they're at. And hopefully Jonas Griffith, it's not something that's serious that's going to hold them out too long. And hopefully he can be back in the mix here for the team. But let's get into some other performances at training camp on Wednesday. Once again, a scorching day. If you can't tell by my ears, if you're watching on YouTube or if you can't tell by my neck, it is just the sun just somehow just burns through everything. Even if I'm wearing a hoodie, even if I'm wearing a long sleeve, I just still get roasted. But you know who else got roasted? Any defensive back that was covering Taylor Grimes during one-on-ones. And he was just slippery the way that he moves. And look, I, I don't like making player comparisons because I think you look at a guy who can do certain things. We think of River Craycraft, right? You think about the prototypical guy that's out there, a little undersized. Caden, not Caden, geez. Taylor Grimes, he was just having his way in one-on-ones against P.J. Locke. He had one catch against Justin Simmons, for crying out loud. So he actually might be this guy that nobody's even focused on, nobody's even talking about, that could maybe step up in a big role if he plays well in the preseason. He is a guy who grinds. Shout out to the incarnate word, I guess, right? I get that program had a number of players come into the NFL this year, which what's in the water out there? Is it the holy water of the incarnate word? I don't know what it is, Cody. I don't know. But Taylor Grimes, obviously coming in with a chip on his shoulder and certainly that's going to be a player to watch over the course of the preseason. Like you always, it's just like with Jaleel McLaughlin, the guy we started off the show talking about, like who the heck is Taylor Grimes? Where, what the heck is the incarnate word? Where even is that? Is that even a real school? How is it possible? They have enough football players to field a, a program. This guy, it's, it's the ultimate story, right? Of training camp, a guy that goes out there and all of a sudden he's, he strings together a couple days or a couple plays. And you're just like, Hmm, got me thinking about Taylor Grimes. I'm going to watch him a little bit more the next time as well. And then all of a sudden he starts showing off, man, this guy can run some routes. This guy's got some quickness. Shout out to the Broncos scouting department, I guess, for finding this guy. If nothing else, sounds like a very interesting potential practice squad addition, but we'll see how the preseason goes. One of my first thoughts was, hey, don't let Bill Belichick see this guy. That's the only thing <laughs> that I thought of at the moment there. So we'll see. You know, the next Wes Welker, the next Julian Edelman, who knows? Who knows at this point? But Taylor Grimes, obviously number 13, number one in your heart, your mother's mother's favorite wide receiver. Uh, but some other observations here. Ben DiNucci, Jarrett Stidham, both quarterbacks, in my opinion, I thought had very solid days. And one guy who benefited from both of those guys' play was Adam Troutman, who connected – with the, you know, they had a reception, catch and pass, both those guys downfield at pretty decent lengths there. So, hey, a nice little combination to throw in there. Danucci had a couple of times. He had a dime to little Jordan Humphrey down the left sideline on one play during the team period. You just want to keep stacking that up. But I, even Jared Stitter, he, oh man, there was this one play on a, I can't say the route, dang it, because, you know, I'm not allowed to do that. But let's just say he found Greg Dulcich in stride and Dulcich did the rest afterward. And that right there is you want to see 
a, a guy make that throw in, in a tough window where he's got pressure barreling on him because, hey, here's what the Broncos did at times when they were rotating this in during the team period. Not red zone, but this was team period. They were rotating in Frank Clark and some other starters against that second offensive line, that third offensive line, and it's good work for those guys. But the one thing I noticed from both those quarterbacks, they stood in the pocket, which is something you want to see. The pressure didn't phase them so far. That was a good sign to see going forward. And look, we're going to continue to bring you all the updates you need from Broncos camp. Now, Thursday's practice at the Centurion Health Training Center is not open to the public. It's media only. So I'll go there. I'll take my handy-dandy notebook with me as well. Make sure you don't screenshot that so you don't get my nose, my chicken scratch. But aside from all that, we'll have you covered. And then fans are back in attendance on Friday. And then there's a Saturday practice. And then, bang, Sunday they'll be off. But we are approaching one step closer to Broncos football next week, a the first preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals. We're excited for it. We have you covered leading up all to that action all throughout next week and this week here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. Sarah Bettinger and myself, we'll see you tomorrow for a brand-new episode of the show.